This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. AM570 KLAC, 987 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM570. An LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. It's available on the iHeartRadio app or on AM570LASports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, here we go. Fred Rogan, Rodney Peach on AM570 LA Sports. Two-hour show for us today. I, I was just watching, uh, you had a Colin show on TV, Rodney. We don't yeah. have a schedule, but I got to tell you. You know, he does his herd hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And in the herd hierarchy, he lists his top 10 NFL teams each week. Mm-hmm. He's got the Chargers, five. He's got the Chiefs, one. Got the Rams, seven. I think uh, next week, there'll be a new number one. Who would that be? Chargers. You're going doubling down, tripling down. You're going all in, huh? I have to. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna walk it back. Doesn't mean we don't like the Rams. So you Ram people, Brett Shepard, who listens and, and tweets all the time. Oh, you hate the Rams? Actually, no. I don't hate the Rams. I like the Rams a lot. But I also have to give respect where respect is due. And I, I'm thinking that the Chargers. Well, I'm calling it. Will beat Kansas City after Week One. You're all in, huh? I I was in. They're going to the Super Bowl. Let's not get crazy. I'm just saying, I picked the first two weeks of the season. And yes. we are going to have a player on the show uh, coming up during the 1 o'clock hour. Not exactly sure who it'll be. Could be our buddy Joey Bosa. Could be. Yeah. And if it's Joey Bosa, always great. Driest sense of humor there is. Just hearing him talk makes me laugh. So I hope he's the guy that we get on today. That'll be coming up later on. Okay, so there was some confusion. And Major League Baseball actually perpetuated this. The Dodgers had clinched a playoff berth two days ago. Yeah. So let's have a little champagne. That's quite an accomplishment, right? Yeah. Okay. Put the cork back on the champagne. We're wrong. That wasn't the case. You did not clinch a couple of days ago because there was this scenario where if the Dodgers only won five games and Milwaukee won like 130 games in a row, the Dodgers would be out. Okay. Now that was far-fetched. It can't happen? Is that what you're saying? No, it's not going to happen. All right. So then what happened was, last night they won in Arizona. Yes. So The jacuzzi was on. You saw that. I saw. Yeah. So they officially clinched a playoff berth. Not the division, but worst case, they're a wild card. Worst case, they're in. Yes. Tonight, they can clinch the division. It's all sort of anticlimactic at this point. Because they've won the division. It's just, what are they going to celebrate again? And that should be tonight, back in Arizona, where the Diamondbacks and their fans love seeing the Dodgers celebrate so much. <laughs> they love watching the Dodgers celebrate. Yes, they do. In their stadium. It happens so often there. Yeah. It's kind of their home away from home. 
Yes, it is. And given the crowd in Arizona, it'll be like a Dodger home game. So the fans will get to celebrate with the players. Right, right. I mean, I mean, we joke about it, but it really is because that's where they train. That's where all the a lot of Dodger fans are there. They go there for spring training. A lot of players live in Arizona in that area. So pretty much is a home game for the Dodgers. Yeah, so tonight is the night that they should clinch the division. But because you were given misinformation, they are in the playoffs. Hey, listen, I we, we talk about this every year, I think, because we're so fortunate that the Dodgers every single year are in the conversation of of not only just going to, to the playoffs, because that's pretty much been a foregone conclusion, but it's about winning the West. And last year was the first time in a long time they didn't win it and went to San Francisco. Um but we always bring this up, Fred, and I just want to know if you still on, on, on where you stand on, on this, and it's still the same, about baseball and how it celebrates these little milestones that they, that they have along the way, winning the division, uh, making the playoffs, and you'll see the champagne bottles going. You know, they win the, win the division. Then they win the first round of the playoffs. Then they uh, have champagne bottles. Then they win the divisional round champagne bottles. Then they win the NLCS champagne bottles, and then uh, the World Series champagne. Where do you stand on on all that celebration? So over the years, I've changed on that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a good thing. I don't think we celebrate enough in life. I think life is hard for everybody every day. You're out grinding. You're working. You've got bills to pay. You've got to take care of your family. You've got kids. I think life is hard, and I think any chance we can celebrate an accomplishment, we should. There's nothing wrong with that. I know the job is not done. I know they don't do it in hockey. I get all of that. There's nothing wrong with celebrating. If you make a great play during a game, you could celebrate that moment. You should. You've accomplished something. And I think if you qualify and win your division, yeah, you should celebrate. Because that is not easy to do. As you well know, perhaps better than anyone, because you were in it for 16 years, winning is hard. Winning is not easy. Yeah. And it is. It, it takes an emotional toll on you. It takes a physical toll on you. So I am of the opinion, let them celebrate. Let them enjoy that moment because they've earned it. I think you look at it differently. Well, I mean, look, I, I think that when you, if you're going to the, you win the NLCS and you yep. go to the World Series and that you punched your ticket to the World Series, yeah, I'm good with that. You go celebrate and getting ready. Okay, now we've made it there. You haven't won it all yet, but you made it there to what your goal is, is get to the World Series and win it. So you've gotten there, so I'm okay with that. But just making making the playoffs, I'm not big on, on, on that celebration. But I do understand it. Look, baseball is different than any other sport because they play so many games. It's 162 games. And the way it used to be, those 162 games – those were qualifiers for the playoffs. There was no different round. This round, you won the NL and the AL pennant. That's the way it used to be. And two teams with the best record went on and played each other in the World Series. You know, And then they started with all the division rounds and the NLCS and the NLDS and all those things. But the way it used to be, which is why I think the celebration started, was such a big accomplishment because if you won the National League, you were going to the World Series. You know, But now... It just feels like it's a little too much. And I just get every year at this time, you know who pops in my head? Who? It's uh, unfortunate, God rest his soul, but but Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, because I remember and it was one of those games, I think it was even in the championship, where they kept asking him, are you excited? Why aren't you excited? Why aren't you more excited? Job's not done. Job, they kept saying it over and over. Job's not done. 
Is the job done? Job not done. So that runs in my head every time I see a team celebrating with champagne. It's okay to kind of get excited and jump, but doing the full-on, the full-on champagne popping, just because you made the playoffs. I'm, 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 I'm just on a different breed when it comes to that, Freddie. No, and you know what? I get what you're saying about Kobe, because there are a few people like Kobe. The job's yeah. not done. I have a singular yeah. focus, and that is to win it all. Getting there doesn't work. I don't get a banner for being Western Division champ, Western Conference right. champ. We don't hang those right. here. Right. You got to be NBA champs. Uh, I I do understand that, but and it's weird because five six years ago I was with you, a hundred percent with you on this. Yeah. Like you haven't done anything yet. But I I I don't know. Maybe I've changed. Maybe life has changed for me. But I do think life is hard, and I do think it's okay to celebrate. If you have a good day at work, for example, no matter what you do, I'm not saying you take everybody out and pop champagne bottles, but it's okay to celebrate. If something good happens in your life, I think that's okay. You can celebrate that. You don't look at it like, well, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Well, none of us do. But we know this, that was pretty damn good. So, yeah, I I don't have a problem with it. And what I really don't have a problem with is Mm -hmm. them doing it in Arizona. Arizona has a problem with them doing it in Arizona. Oh, they've got a huge problem with it. Boy, I remember that? Jumping in that pool. The you shouldn't put the pool there. Right. And the, if you don't want them to jump in, why is the pool there? And secondly, if you don't want them to jump in, beat them so they don't celebrate on your field. And really, if you've been to uh, Chase Field in Phoenix, which I think is a great stadium. Great stadium. Uh, but the Diamondbacks have threatened to move because all the plumbing is going to fall apart in the building yeah. soon. Yeah. So it's the old, we need a new stadium or we're out of here kind of thing. It's good facade, I guess, put it that way. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Um, but I was in that stadium when the Dodgers did clinch one year. And I was in the clubhouse. And after, so what happened was, uh, it, it was an afternoon game. And they clinched and they were celebrating in this year. Oh. And the partying went on and, you know. That wasn't where that wasn't the pool. got that wasn't Plasky getting dumped by trash on Puig. I was there when that happened. I saw that, but that wasn't the time. <laughs> anyway, so the clubhouse is empty now, and we have to do the news at 6 o'clock that night, live from Phoenix, back here to L.A. You know, and there are rules you have to follow, and there are places you're not supposed to go. But the technology oh, today... I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> the technology today allows us to move around with a television camera because we don't have to be wired into anything. It's It's wireless. It's digital. So yep. we can move anywhere we want at any time. So when nobody was looking, I just tapped our photographer, Alex Vasquez, on the shoulder. I said, follow me. So all the other stations are now outside on the field with that drab, boring, we're standing here shot. We walked right in to the clubhouse. Now, the Dodgers had left, by the way. They'd celebrated they're gone. We walked right into the clubhouse, and we did it from inside the clubhouse and let me tell you something. With all the stuff on the floor, the yes. walls, everything. And and that's my point. When you go in there after it's over yeah. and you see the aftermath of what that looks like, Eesh. that is a two-week cleanup process. Yeah. That place was trashed. Completely and totally trashed. I'm, I guarantee you they yeah. had to change the carpet in there. I guarantee oh. you. There were beer bottles and champagne bottles all over the floor. I mean, they were shooting champagne against the walls. You can see the spots. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's there's special 
like as it gets closer, do they put in some special carpeting, like a put a like a, a film or something over top of the carpet, or you know repaint the walls to the Scotch Guard or whatever they can put on it to just make it easy, you know, for cleanup purposes, uh, or they just leave it like it is? Because you're right, if you go in there afterwards, absolutely, it, it will need a complete renovation. If you were to look at it, like oh my god, okay, pull that carpet up right now. Let's change all these lockers because they can't be the same. Can't get the can't get the smell out of the walls, so right. we got to change everything. Um, I wonder if they take precautions like that. But it is a full job cleanup of of a, of a locker room after a win. Remember when the Cubs, uh, the Dodgers beat the Cubs in Chicago? Yeah, remember that to advance. Uh, so I was there. The Chicago locker room. See, this is a problem I have. When people talk about the friendly confines of Wrigley Field and how beautiful it is, <laughs> Wrigley Field's a dump. All right, let's just be honest. It is a complete dump. They tried, Fred. They tried nothing. I mean, at least Fenway Park, they redid the inside, and it looks nice. You know, Wrigley Field it looks like the old Tiger Stadium in Detroit. Oh. Right, God. they haven't done anything forever. And so when the Dodgers celebrated there, the locker room is so small. They couldn't even celebrate in the locker room. They had to do it in this little room off to the side. So everybody kind of went into this little room, and it's probably uh-huh. twice the size of our studio. I mean, it's not very big. So you can imagine what that place looked like with all of those guys, the oh, booze, God. everything, yelling, tearing stuff up. It, it, Did you bring a change of clothes, Fred? I never do. You don't? No, what even I, going in knowing that they they got a chance to win this thing, it's going to be crazy champagne, beer everywhere. You don't bring a change of clothes. Okay, so years ago, when I used to go into the locker room, when a team would win, you know, you'd get sprayed with champagne. I don't really care if I am or not. It's just kind of uh, it's shrapnel. You know, you're you're hit because you're in there. I don't need anybody shooting me with champagne. But I never wore goggles, and then there was a period of time where people thought, you know what, I'm going to wear goggles. Right. reporters because I don't want to get covered with uh, my eyes start burning. When you get champagne in your eyes, it burns. Yeah, I didn't yeah, wear the yeah. goggles. I don't believe in that. And the other thing is I don't bring a change of clothes. What I will do is bring a windbreaker or something like that and put it on. Yeah. So, so you know, if it leaks through the windbreaker, like that. that's it. Yeah. If it gets inside, I'm going with it. I, I am not bringing a change of clothes. I am not wearing goggles in there. I'm not doing it. Why? Because it's weak. <laughs> it's weak. Look at me. I'm wearing goggles. But nobody would know you had to change your clothes. You know, you you like you said, you you do a lot of wrap ups afterwards. Everybody's gone. So when everybody's gone, just uh, you know, get a plastic bag and have your dry cleaning bag ready to go. Throw your clothes in there and put on your change of clothes to get up out of the stadium. And where am I going to change my clothes? Where am I going to do that? In, in the that locker same room? locker room. No, I'm not doing that. You even got a shower in that locker room if you want to use it, Fred. You know what? That would be the best. (laughs) What I want to do one day, I'm serious. (laughs) And not that I want to see this physically, not that I want the the vision of it in my mind, but I would like to just hear the water running and Bill Plaschke taking a shower in there. (laughs) That's what I'd like to see. I don't want to to watch him do it. I just want to know that he did it. Like after Puig hit him with the water bucket. Huh? I hope you don't. No, want I don't to want to no. do it. There's some things so, you can't unsee. <laughs> so, <laughs> just knowing that Plasky's in there after a championship celebration, he's in there taking a shower, singing. Yeah. That, <laughs> listen, I. You know what? I don't want. 
I don't want to see Jim Hill or Rob Fukuzaki taking a shower. <laughs> or Darren Horton. Or Kyle Kraska. I don't need to see that. Fred, were you in the uh, Dodger clubhouse? This is some years ago when Matt Kemp, before he was traded to the Padres, and they were celebrating the champagne uh, celebration, and uh, this incident happened. I think Matt Kemp comes from the same school as Fred Rogan. Fred, you have to tell me if you would react this exact same way okay. if champagne got in your eyes. We work hard, man, and uh, hopefully we can uh, keep, keep go, far, go further for sure. Ah! Okay, hold on. Wait, I got contact. My contact. My eyes burning, man. <laughs> hey. Hey, that ain't no joke. I wear contacts too, so I get it. I get it, man. You like just give me a one. I don't care what you do. Let me see it coming. You're right. So I can, let me see it coming so I can squeeze real tight and get that champagne out of it because it does burn like crazy. Were you in crazy. locker rooms where there was champagne and celebrations? Yeah, yeah, a couple times. Um, we had well, one time actually. It was because uh, we didn't do it in in college. They didn't we didn't do that. We just smelled roses and they passed out roses. That was about it at USC. But um, in Carolina, we went to the we beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia. And and it was popping and flowing and and all those things and I can remember I can remember it was such a big deal um, for us in, in Philly and you know a lot of the families came up or well, at least the, the the wives and close family members from from Carolina from our team came up and so Holly was up there her brother was up there it meant a lot because she grew up in Philly so it was we had a whole you know a bunch of tickets I had to get for her family members. That were rooting for Philadelphia, by the way, and I'm playing for Carolina. They're in my, sitting in my seats, rooting for Philadelphia against me while they're sitting in my my seat. I still haven't forgiven them for that, Fred. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the champagne is flowing and flowing and crazy, and guys are going nuts. So I grabbed Holly and her brother, said, "Come on in here." So they came in the locker room and celebrated. Went went you know right past security because so, there's everybody's in there at the time. And they're in there, and guys are going nuts. And, you know, every team has, you know, a set of crazies. Yeah. Every team has got them, right? Guys that don't care, going to do anything. Um, so young cats started, you know, doing things with jock straps, Fred. You know, people started by shooting, you know, drinking champagne out of shoes. And then they were drinking champagne out of other things, the helmet. And it ended up being the jock straps, Fred. I don't know what possessed a couple of guys to drink it out of jocks. I can't even remember their names now. I just see their faces. Drinking champagne out of jock straps. They were like a strainer. <laughs> what the hell is now, wrong with people? Now, I don't know, Kevin. I don't know. Now, to their credit, they were they did get new jock straps and do it that way they didn't take them Thank off God. okay i was about to say yeah, it's still weird just but... take them off but it was weird to do it through the jock strap but i was saying that because at that point you know it gets late and the guys are trying to some guys are trying to get out to go see their family some guys are just trying to you know after a while the celebration dies down a little bit there's guys walking butt ass naked you know running around <laughs> <laughs> he's going oh boy oh oh dearie dear what are we doing in here I say, you can stay if you want. You can go, but the guys don't care. You know, we do it with like reporters are in there. You just, you know, whether they're female reporters or not, you're showering and doing whatever. So you just treat it that way. But yeah, she was blown away. It's like, why is he, why are they just walking around naked? It's like, it's just, it's just guys, just guys happy. They well, want to get out of there. Yeah. I, I told you the University of Texas story when Which I was one? working in Austin. Which one? Uh, okay. So uh, I'm working in Austin at uh, 
channel uh, 24 or channel 32. Yeah, it was the ABC station. And uh, anyway, after the Longhorn game, we go in the locker room, we'd interview guys. And these are the days where you didn't even have videotape. You know, it's ancient. We were shooting it on film, CP16 uh-huh. cameras. So I'm interviewing all the players and uh, getting their sound bites. I go back to the station. You don't, you had to splice the film together. You had to edit film. It wasn't yeah. like a couple of pushes and the buttons and boom, there's the tape. No, you had to edit right. the film. So I saw it as I was editing it. You had to glue the film together and then put it in the projector. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on the air and I run these sound bites. And that's when the, the switchboard to the station explodes, which is shocking because I didn't know anybody even watched. <laughs> but I mean, the, the lines were lit and people were, were really frustrated and upset. So I get off the air and they say, my God, why did you do what you did? I said, well, what did I do? We must have had 150 calls here in about a four-minute period of time. Well, what was the problem? Well, when we were interviewing, when I was interviewing the players, the camera guy was shooting back at the shower. (laughs) So what you saw was everyone (laughs) naked in the shower. Was it like over your shoulder? Yeah, over the player's shoulder. (laughs) Over the player's shoulder. Yeah, so you saw all these guys completely naked in the shower (laughs) when I'm interviewing the guy. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, those happen. Those things happen. You know, part of life, Fred. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, two hours for us today. We'll still play a little Know Your Squad. We'll do oh, that yeah, at the bottom you. of the hour. Got to. Yeah, we'll get that in. And before Know Your Squad, so we'll give you a cue to call on that. Before Know Your Squad, Let's get into what happened last night in Monday Night Football. By the way, was it odd seeing Joe Buck and Troy Aikman do that? Yeah, odd on that Monday Night Football. They've been such a staple at Fox that yeah. it was a little weird. It didn't seem as weird. big time. Watching that didn't game seem what? As big time is when they did it at Fox. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Really weird. I don't know if that's a product of Monday Night Football not being what it was anymore. Or it just, yeah, it didn't feel, it didn't feel right. Yeah. All right, we'll get into it. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, it's your girl, Nina Chantel. You're listening to my homies, Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports, your home of the Dodgers. That's right, the home of the Dodgers on a Tuesday, Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. Home of your playoff bound, LA Dodgers. Division champion Dodgers. Damn right. I'll play after tonight. All right, I'm not sure we're going to play the game. We were going to play the game, but we're running a little behind. So if we oh, can, no. we'll move it to next hour. Oh, no. I know. I know. And you wanted to win. Never lost. Because I never do. I know. Uh, you know, going into the break, and we'll get to the uh, Bronco game here in a second. She's talking about Joe Buck and Troy Aikman doing ESPN, Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. I, they seemed out of place to me. And, and here's why. 
and everybody has their own opinions on this, and I'm not saying I'm right, you're wrong, you're wrong, I'm right, but uh, I, I really think, and I work at NBC, I think Fox does the best job with NFL football. I think they yeah. do it right. They do it big time. It seems big time. Yeah. Then I think NBC would do the second best job. Their production is very strong. I yeah. think CBS does the third best job, and CBS's production has improved dramatically over the past few years. It's much better than it used to be. So it looks pretty good. But now you have Joe Buck and Troy Aikman working on the telecast that I think is the worst produced. There just doesn't seem to be any oomph to it, Rodney. It, I can't get excited about it. Well, I, I, listen, I agree with you on the Fox part, right? I think that... Um... I think since Fox jumped into the game and they went all in, right? When yeah, they, they did. got football, um, that's how they built their network. Built their network. It was a you know a new upstart network, and they got they got the NFL when CBS decided. Oh, I don't know if we want to spend the money, and Fox jumped all over it and got it. Uh, they never looked back, and they went big time. They went first class. They went all the way in. Look, I work I worked a number of years over at Fox and did a show for their smaller network, best damn sports show, but I also worked for Big Fox and did some some work with them. And everything they do over there is is first class. Uh, and at least I could say that for for the NFL, for their partnership with the NFL, it is, to me, they're head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah. They really are. I think they are. Um, and, and and then in terms of, of, of the other groups, I do. I agree with you that NBC does a great job with Sunday night football. They do a they do a really good job even when they do Thursday night footballs, uh, football, um, and then CBS and, and and ESPN and and ABC I think are you know they are where they are, um, but it just seems like they 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 have been trying to figure out a lane, figure out how to bring it back, figure out how to capture what it once was in terms of Monday night football. And they have not gotten it right. I mean, think about all of the changes that, that has happened to Monday Night Football over the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, the different hosts, the different logos, the different formats, um, all of those things. It just doesn't doesn't feel feel right. Well, you know, now, what I do is? like I, I do like actually the NFL uh, coverage, pregame coverage that the NFL does, I mean, that ESPN does on Sunday. I think still think Fox is much better. But I, I think they do a good job. But their Monday night is just – I don't get excited about watching all of their pregame right. stuff and, and, and their production of it. You know what it is, I think? Fox and NBC, they make the game an event. Yeah. ESPN is covering a game. And that's the difference. Yeah. When you're watching the big Fox broadcast of a, a national game, that's an event. When you're watching yeah. Sunday Night Football on NBC, that is an event. When you're watching Monday Night Football, it's a game. And and yeah. they, they're unable to come out of that. They they can't they can't shake that. And they had a pretty good game last night. They had a yeah. great game last night. Yeah. Uh first Russell Wilson was booed when he was introduced. Yeah. And go before we get into that, I would just say, um it's it's funny we're talking about this because I'm watching it with my 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 two boys last night. Um other one's in Japan, so he's sleeping, but he's doing his thing. But watching for the two boys, and they wanted to switch it over and watch the Mannings cover yep. it because they wanted to hear what they had to say. And they had, 
you know, they had Shannon Sharp on, they had Joe McHale on, and and uh, some different folks on, which were was pretty cool. But they were more entertained by watching that. No disrespect to Joe Buck and Troy, because I think they're the best in the business of what they do. Yeah. The, that partnership together. Um, but I think it's just the quality of, of ESPN uh, and, and what they're trying to do for Monday Night Football. They don't so, make it special. Yeah. They make it like, uh, well, you know, like a Mac conference game. <laughs> with a few more well, cameras. I wouldn't go that far, Fred. And they spend, you know, they spend a little more money on the announcers. <laughs> All right, so here's the game last night. First, Russell Wilson booed when he runs onto the field in Seattle. Did that surprise you? Yes, yes. Uh, it surprised me how loud it was and resounding. You know, a lot of times you 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 hear it and you hear like sprinklings of booze and you know, it's like, Oh yeah, there are a few of those people out there that will never forgive and they're going to boo. But it's for the most part, you hear the cheers over the booze last night. It was resounding, just straight up booing him, straight up booing him. And I'll be honest with you, Fred. I think it not only, first of all, were you shocked? A little bit. I mean, I thought he'd get the Freddie Freeman treatment in Atlanta where people were yeah. brought to tears and Freddie was brought to tears, yeah. and but conquering hero is back. Yeah. I didn't think it'd be that last night. I mean, so, it's not like he plays for the Clippers and it's Paul George. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so I was shocked. And, and to that point, I think it affected Russell Wilson. Do you? I do. I think it affected him. Now, how much and whether you know, it really affected his play or anything like that, but I think that got in his head a little bit because I I really believe when you look when you spend that long, ten years at one place, and you have the amount of success at that place, you take a organization that has kind of been floundering up and down all those years, and you put them on the map where they are. I mean, obviously they were there before, but you put them on the map in terms of they are turned into must see TV for a number of those years. Um. You come back, you expect, hey, took them two Super Bowls, won one, probably should have won two for sure, just hand the ball off. But you come back and you think there's going to be some level of love to you, you know, some some little level of love. You know, like I said, there's always going to be those those sprinkling of booze, but you want to feel some 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 level of of love, and he didn't get that at all. Right. And look, they showed on, um, I think it was the Manning uh, broadcast. They showed um, Peyton going back to Indy, and they had a a huge video tribute that the Colts did for him, and the crowd's on their feet, standing, oh, he's crying, they're crying, kind of like you were talking about Freddie Freeman. Crowd is on their feet. They're all wearing 18 jerseys for him, and it was like a resounding, we love you, thank you, Peyton, for all the years. Um, And I don't know if it was because you know, Peyton Manning got cut. It was like we saw the end of the road. It was like, okay, this is over and done with. Kind of like LeBron's second time leaving Cleveland. Like they all knew that, okay, he got us our championship. He knew he was moving on. But to have that as a backdrop to what we saw with Russell Wilson was uh, was pretty dramatic and crazy because he didn't get any any kind of that love. No. Any, not, any love whatsoever. No, not at all. And he still could have won the game. I mean, Denver, I don't know if Seattle won or Denver lost, to be honest with you. Denver turned the ball over in the Denver red zone. Uh, and then at the end of the game, first-year coach Nathaniel Hackett, first game, very exciting. 
uh, you know, came from Green Bay. Players love him. Here you go, fourth and five. Like 45, 50 seconds left. You got to go five yards, pick up a first down, fourth and five. If Brandon Staley, you know what he's doing. You got to go five yards. If you don't get the five yards, you have three timeouts, right? So you try to shut them down, keep calling timeout to get the ball back. But you go for it. You have Russell Wilson. I mean, you got to put the ball in his hands. For some inexplicable reason, they let the clock run down to 20 seconds and call timeout. You're thinking, well, why wouldn't you call timeout sooner to put the play in? They run the field goal kicker on. 64-yard attempt. Guy kicks it and misses. Luckily, Pete Carroll had called timeout. Mm-hmm. So now we can rethink this. Right? We just saw the guy miss. Yeah. From 64 yards, not 16 not by yards. much. Yeah, but still. Now we can rethink it. Okay, here's what we think. Let's go again. The guy misses the field goal and the game is over. It's like, what could you possibly be thinking? I've never played a second in the NFL. But I know this. If Russell Wilson is the quarterback and we've given him all this money and he's the face of the franchise and we went out and got this guy for this very reason, I think I'm putting the ball in his hands on fourth and five. Fourth and five, you had a 42% chance of making it. A 64-yard field goal, your percentage of making it was 14%. I think I'm going with Russell Wilson. And then he doubles down and lets him kick it twice and miss it. Well, I think after the first one, he saw that he can he could get it there. Like, the distance was not going to be a problem. Distance was not going to be a problem. And so, in that regard, just because he missed, it was the way. Now, if he would have duck hooked it or shanked it all, you know, right, and, and it landed at the five-yard line, he probably was like, oh, no, no, no. Let's go. Russell, get ready. Get back out there. Um, but the fact that he missed it close, I, I, I think it just gave him even more confidence that he can make this kick. Um, but it was botched. That whole drive was botched, you know, from the beginning. There was no sense of urgency at that at that point. They, like you mentioned, they 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 get it to fourth and five after they had a they had a penalty. They get a big play that gets them to fourth and five in a reasonable down and distance. And instead of calling timeout because they're about a minute. Right. Left at that time. Call timeout right. You got three. Call timeout right away. Let's regroup. Let's think about this. What do we want to do? Talk it over with Russ and 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 the offensive staff or whoever. And then you go out there and say, Okay, we're gonna kick it or we're gonna go for it. But they never did that. They 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 walked around like we're not sure what we're gonna do, are we gonna kick it? And they let it go all the way down to twenty seconds and then call timeout. Well, if you're gonna call timeout, call timeout right away. Exactly. Um, it just, it just looked, they looked out of sync, out of sorts. And, uh, it was just a bad, bad sequence in that last minute and a half of that, of that game. Um, and I think they just weren't on the same page. I really don't. I don't think they were on the same page because a lot of that happened in the second half where it was like, they didn't, it didn't feel like they were on or had any, any sense of urgency to kind of go win the game. You know, you, you've said it. If you play in the NFL, it's not like playing in the NBA. It's not like playing Major League Baseball or in the NHL. You got 17 of them, and everyone is precious. You don't have 82. You don't have 162. You have 17. Everyone means something. And when your coach does that because you're not prepared or they're not prepared, it's hard to give them a pass. As a first-year coach, you're going to make mistakes. You have 17 opportunities, only 17. You can't make those mistakes. 
you can't do it. I mean, that was a really bad look for them last night. Yeah, it was it was a bad look, but it's also you know it, I, I think you can't put it all on the coach. I think you got to put a, some of it on Russell Wilson. He's played long enough that he, if he sees that there's some you know indecisiveness going on with the, with the coach and what they want to do, he's got to take control of that situation. If we're not getting a play in, and the clock is ticking, you just boom call timeout. Hey, hey, what are we doing? What, what what's what's going on? What, what do we want to do? Make a decision right here. All right, because we, we, we can't stand around and act like we don't know what we're doing. Did you so ever do it. that? Kick it, kick it. Yes, all the time. If there was, you know, situations where it looked like, you know, we weren't sure of what we were, were going to do. And again, it wasn't like they had only one timeout left and they were saving it, didn't want to burn it, didn't want to do anything with it. They had three. And so in that point, you can go, Let's think about this. Let's talk about this. Time out. We still got a minute left. What do we want to do? Okay. We go for it. We miss it. We still got our timeout. Even before that, it should have been discussed. Right? Before that series, it should have been this is what we're going to do. We get to this. This is where we need to get to in terms of him having a chance to kick this field goal. If we get there, we're going to kick it. They didn't obviously do that. Because they were scrambling when they got to that range or wherever they thought the, the cutoff point for him to make the field goal. But a lot of it I do put on, on, on Russell to just not take control over that two-minute situation because he's a veteran quarterback. Next hour, we are going to have one of the Charger players. And we'll find that out right around the top of the hour. When they stop practice, we're going to find out who's coming on. It might be Joey Bosa. Might be. Can't, can't promise. But it could be. Uh, And uh, also next hour, we'll have uh, some spirituality. Oh, yeah. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon delight. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. When I'm loud, oh, yeah, my man. That's him. You know that voice. Today's Afternoon Delight is Wonder Woman by John Legend. This song appears on the singer's new album entitled Legend, which dropped over the weekend. The double album contains 24 tracks. It features artists like Rick Ross, Ty Dolla Sign, J.I.D., and more. Again, today's Afternoon Delight is Wonder Woman by John Legend. All right. And now... From the court to the courtroom with Jacob Emrani. All right, let's bring him in. Our man, my man, my Trojan brother. We feeling it right now. Jacob Emrani. Jacob, how are you? <laughs> What's up, guys? How are you, Rodney? I am fantastic. I'm flying high. Uh, I just got to start with that because uh, our boys look good over the weekend, Jacob. It, uh, the USC Trojans are 2-0, and moving up in the polls. Now, listen, I know it's early. There's going to be some hiccups along the way, but uh, are you pretty excited about the way the Trojans have started? 
Hey, man, there's going to be hiccups, but we get a chance to enjoy it. You know, we get to enjoy it right now. We'll take next week as it comes. I mean, this team looks good. Love the offense. Of course, we can, you know, do some good things on defense. We got to work on that a little bit. But, hey, this is a brand-new system, brand-new coaching staff, and a lot of brand-new players. So, you know, coming out of the, you know, the shoot, doing what we're doing is really making all of our, you know, USC brethren very excited, and I'm just walking around gloating at home to my wife, and uh, just, just you know, just just loving it. So you know it. I mean, we we've been chatting. I see you at the, I see you at the Rams game. You're hanging out there with the boys, and you're back again at the Chargers game. Yeah, my I'm, God, I'm out there. I'm out in the streets, Jacob. I'm getting it in when I can, man. Good for you. Good for you, Jacob. Are we uh, are we a little ahead of the curve here on USC uh, proclaiming them national champs already? Uh- Nobody said that, Fred. Bill Plasky. My did. man, Fred. How are you, Fred? Good. Good, Jacob. Bill Plasky said it. I just want to know. <laughs> oh, Fred. Listen, you know, everyone just tries to continue to rain on our parade. There's nothing you, you, There's nothing premature about anything. We're just enjoying being 2-0 and and being number seven in the nation. Well, and yeah, Fred. That's right. That's what I said earlier, Rodney. You know what? We yeah, should celebrate accomplishments. Nobody's trying to, you know, you're trying to put words in our mouth saying that we're saying we're national champions already in week two of the season. Nobody's saying that. But we are. After being down the way we've been down the last few years, Fred, we are allowed to gloat a little bit and celebrate a little bit. And there's nothing wrong Absolutely. with that. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with that. Thank you. Thank you, Fred. We appreciate you on the same bandwagon as we are. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it, Jacob, because we've said this many times. If USC wins, they actually become NFL uh, LA's NFL team. If USC wins, they're the biggest football team in town. Listen, USC, as you said, I mean, that brand, you know, carries a lot of weight. And, you know, it doesn't matter who you cheer for. It's always good in L.A., for the Lakers to win, for the Dodgers to win, and for the Trojans to win. Because when those three brands are doing well, it's good for everybody who's got a hand into the brand. It's good for everybody. There's a lot of positive talk. And it's great for, you know, the people who change their alma mater when our teams are doing well. All right. Well, now let's get to the Lakers, Jacob. Uh, we're right around the corner here the start of training camp. <laughs> And uh, Russell Westbrook is sitting exactly where he's sitting. Now do you anticipate him being on the roster? Listen, I don't think I think any differently than I have in the past few months. Um, You know, I know it's getting close to training camp. I know that they're exploring deals. I am so happy that they are not overreaching just to make a deal. I will tell you that. I am so happy about the fact that we're not going to turn a one-year potential problem into something that will strap us for the next couple of years. Ultimately, we got a new coach. If Russ does what the coach wants, he'll play. If Russ doesn't do what the coach wants, then I anticipate that this coach is going to be able to be or has been given a little bit more rope so that he could put his foot down. That's all we can hope for. But meanwhile, we need some shooters. I keep saying this every time we talk Lakers. You know, we need some shooters because – we don't have much right now, and that's the only thing I'm worried about when I look at this roster. Yeah, as we all are, it's like, where is it going to come from? Um, because even though, you know, Pat Bev is, is a little bit better shooter than, well, a lot better than Russ is, you still need that guy that can, can be that 3 and D guy. So 
are still looking for that. Jacob, you're you're a big time, very successful attorney. People lean on you for advice all the time and in all different areas of, of life. If you had a client or a friend of a friend of a friend of a client or somebody that you know, and this client was going to a game in L.A., he happens to play for one of the L.A. teams, but he's going to a game in a different sport. Would you advise that client to wear the jersey of another team, a rival team, to a game that you know you're going to get photographed? I, I would say that <laughs> I, <laughs> I would say that I would always tell it to my clients that especially being in LA, especially knowing that optics are so important, I would probably say dress chic, but I'd probably say don't do that. That that that's what I would say. But you know, whether that client's gonna listen or not is a different is a complete different conversation. Yeah, call Paul George. Okay, Jacob. Uh, anyway, you you often offer um, advice and information that our listeners love. Our slogan when we talk about you is call you immediately after an accident. But what if somebody didn't call right away? Or somebody had an accident like in 2020? Is it too late to call? So, you know, we always talk about the fact that you should be calling immediately. But we cannot forget about the fact that the laws in California do afford an injured person the right to file a claim within two years. We call that the statute of limitations. And the statute of limitations on injury cases locally here are two years. But with that being said, we're not encouraging people to wait for two years. The kind of example I will tell you is I got a phone call from a family that had lost a loved one who had been run over by a vehicle a little bit over a year ago. The family had been grieving they did not trust any attorneys. They didn't want to take any kind of action. They just wanted to put this behind them. And as the time went by, they realized they have some legal rights. So they called me and they said, this happened 14 months ago. We don't know if we have any rights. And I said, in your situation, you know, your loved one passed away. There was not going to be any treatment. There was nothing there. Yes, you have a right. We took the case. We filed a lawsuit on it. And it was within the two-year statute. But for most people, when you're injured, even if you wait two months to do anything about it, it may potentially, in a big way, harm your case. But we do want to make sure on this show that we give people what you should be doing and then what the law allows you to do. And just because you have two years doesn't mean that you should wait. But as my example you know, clearly dictated for that family, even 14 months later, they had a case and we were able to help them. Outstanding. Jacob, thanks for coming on. Thanks for the insight as always, and we will chat next week. Thanks, guys. Great talking to you. Have a good week. You too. We will be having a member of the Chargers jump on the show sometime this hour, so stay with us for that. They're headed to Kansas City. Big showdown with the Chiefs week two. When we come back, some spirituality. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.